welcome to the Mind Tales podcast. We are a fast-growing tech mental health organization here to bring you the insights that you need to boost your emotional health and thrive in your daily life. It's our goal to make quality mental health care both accessible and inclusive. That's why part of our mission is to get discussions, conversations, and debates about mental health going. From psychiatrists to educators, entrepreneurs and community members, we bring you the stories and experiences of health advocates from around the world. And that's what we're going to do today. If you like our episode or have any suggestions for future content, please like it, leave a comment, or connect with us on Instagram at MindTalesOfficial. It makes us so happy to hear from the MindTales community. Hi, Akanksha. Thank you for joining us today on the MindTales Collective podcast. It's such a pleasure to be chatting with you. How are you doing? I'm good, Raisa. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. I'm, I'm happy to see you again. Um, alongside many of her achievements, Akanksha's latest endeavor is Reset. So Akanksha founded this unique digital platform that brings together communities in inclusive, safe spaces to destigmatize and normalize conversations about mental health, education, inclusion, parenting, gender-based challenges, and more. So before founding this innovative platform, through her passion for writing and global affairs, Akanksha worked with a number of well-known news networks like CNN and Vice. So I can't wait to get into it, Akanksha. Tell us more about your career in journalism and your personal journey so far. So for me, I wanted to be a journalist since I was in grade one. I absolutely knew um, when I was a child that this is what I wanted to do and I worked towards it. And it still surprises me how obsessed I was um, because I used to sit and watch CNN and BBC with my dad. I would um, you know, write scripts. I would just pretend to be a news anchor and at the dinner table, there would be all like constant conversations about what's happening in the world. We were encouraged to form our own opinions. So that played a big role uh, in me uh, pursuing my career in journalism. And I ended up job shadowing a journalist when I was in grade one. And then I ended up going back and working as an intern at the same newspaper uh, when I was 16. But my ultimate dream um, at that point was to be able to work at CNN or just uh, in New York media, because that was a big part of um, my childhood growing up. So uh, once I was done my undergrad and I moved to New York for my master's, I ended up actually getting my dream internship at CNN on Fareed Zakaria's show, which was absolutely uh, wonderful and actually a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And from there, I ended up uh, going to Vice, which was uh, also incredible because they just throw you in the deep end and you have to learn. And I got to work on a wide range of stories covering everything from uh you know, documentaries where we interviewed President Obama and Justin Trudeau to, uh, I got to produce Anthony Bourdain, which was also uh, just uh, such a wonderful experience. So yeah, it's been a great ride. And uh, I think I can't uh, really complain because everything I've wanted to do as a journalist, I've uh, been able to check some of that off my list so far. 
That sounds amazing. Tell us what it was like pivoting in your career and using these passions and past experiences to found your own digital platform. Um, from what we've been observing, many young professionals and change makers, they have these ideas about how to disrupt their communities and they really want to bring about constructive change. But taking the first step can be quite daunting. So to start us off, can you tell us what sparked the idea for Reset? The idea for Reset was born from the fact that there aren't very many resources and a platform available, particularly for people of color, to be able to have conversations around mental health, around gender disparities, around special needs and inclusion. And we know that there is a lot of stigma that still persists around these topics, whether it's on a community level or whether it's on a family level. So it was important for me to be able to provide a safe space where people can have these conversations, where people can hear lived experiences of those um, who have gone through similar uh, stuff or who have uh, sort of changed their life course mm -hmm. uh, by shattering the stigma, by uh, sort of paving their own path. Right. Right. And so when you first took those steps to found Reset, how did you manage the uncertainty of taking that um, taking that jump, making that leap, and what were the first steps to, to actually build this platform? I think any entrepreneur will tell you that uncertainty never goes away. And mm -hmm. uh, what I did was I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs. I talked to a lot of people who have uh, quit great full-time jobs to be able to start something of their own and just hearing them and how passionate they were, but also how open they were about the challenges they face, mm -hmm. about um, the highs and the lows of their journey was incredibly helpful because I went in with open eyes. Right. And uh, for me right now, if you ask me, it all sort of seems like a blur about how things fell into place because yeah. I don't honestly even know how I got some of the things done, but I think it was probably just the adrenaline rush to get this off the ground. <laughs> yeah. But I was really, um, you know, I'm really thankful that I found the right network to tap into, even if it was something as simple as which website developer do you recommend mm -hmm. or which internet package should I get for the office? Just, um, I didn't realize how much of the administrative stuff yeah. uh, an entrepreneur has to do yeah. until I uh, got on this path myself. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. And alongside that support system, I think is also role models and mentors um, to be able to provide some of that emotional support and motivation along the way. And so did you have any of those that you that you particularly brought with you along on the journey? I've been very, very fortunate to have incredible mentors in my life. And these are people that have been around since I was in undergrad, since I was in high school. And I've been able to keep up that um, connection and that sort of uh, communication with them through my life. And of course, as I moved forward in my career, I uh, you know, reached out to more people and was able yeah. to cultivate 
a stronger support system for myself because I think that is really important. Mm -hmm. So even something as simple as a professor circulating the link to uh, of Reset's link to uh, you know her network Absolutely. was very helpful because we had subscribers then sign up. We had people follow us. So I think every little bit counts in mm -hmm. helping a newly minted entrepreneur in their journey. Uh, for me, this came in the way of uh, people connecting me to freelance writers, to graphic designers, uh, even sending story ideas my way saying, hey, I think yeah. Richard, Richard should cover this, or I think that this is a great person that you should speak to. So I think it's really even, um, you, you'll only get if you're receptive. So I think right. as an entrepreneur, you need to be receptive of other ideas, of feedback, of mm -hmm. uh, being able to listen to what people outside of your network, but also mm -hmm. in your network have to say. And uh, like for me, the first time we made our website, I thought it was great, but then I showed it around to people and I got a ton of feedback saying that you should change this, the colors are this way, I would recommend this, you should add that. And it does get overwhelming right. at a certain point, but you have to realize that uh, you're only as good as what your audience, uh, you know, takes away from the platform. Very true. Very true. I love that you also have this element of inclusion and involving your community along the way as you've been building Reset. Um, and so just on that topic, since the advent of uh, the pandemic, virtual spaces offering connection and community building have really been on the rise. And so this also coincides with the objective of your platform, which is providing digital safe spaces for storytelling, webinars, publications, and discussions on much needed topics. So how did the shift to online interactions throughout the pandemic either impact or accelerate Reset's development? It definitely accelerated our development and the amount of content we put out and the type of content we put out. We know that mental health challenges have been amplified because of the pandemic and which is why it was more important than ever that we step up and are able to look at what the community needs and are able to bridge that gap, whether it is in terms of uh, hosting Instagram lives with experts or with people with lived experiences or yeah. even something that will offer our audience a bit of a distraction and put a smile on their face, whether it's in terms of a meme or uh, you know an Instagram live with a comedian or someone they love. It, on that front, we really, I think we, we're putting out two to three Instagram lives a week at one point. Oh, uh, and it was in addition to the panels we were doing and the webinars and the other text-based resources we were providing and the stories. So mm -hmm. for us, it's definitely been um, sort of the push or the nudge we needed to, uh, in terms of stepping up our content. What advice do you have for others who might have been on the same path or are currently on the same path that you were on who are looking to leverage these digital spaces to either break stigmas or disrupt stereotypes around topics that are considered taboo in some communities like women's health education or gender-based challenges um, or even just using these spaces to address ongoing challenges like the pandemic and, and how your platform adapted to support uh, those experiencing um, that. You have to be able to work with your audience 
and you have to be able to do it in a way so that you're not also talking at them all the time. You have right. to get them involved in what you're doing because ultimately you're doing it for them. So it's a lot of uh, us reaching out saying, hey, what do you want us to cover? What do you want us to speak about? What are you concerned about? What are you going through right now? And then working from there and saying, okay, uh, we have a lot of young people who are worried about graduating in uh, these times. So what can we do for them right now? We have a lot of um, young people who are worried about graduating right now. So what can we do for them during these times? What resources can we provide for them? Even if it's as simple as tips on putting your resume together. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of young people saying, hey, are you available to Zoom with me to speak about um, how I can work on my cover letter and resume? So that's something I've set time aside to be able to do. And these are people who have just followed us on Instagram. But I think it's important right. to be able to connect with your audience. And then the second thing is collaborate. So right. you're, you can't do it all on your own. You have to recognize that. You know, you personally and the rest of your team were also going through hard times. It's mm -hmm. not easy on anyone, which is why it's important. Uh, even after the pandemic, I think generally you yeah. should collaborate instead of compete. We've collaborated with lots of other media organizations, uh, whether in the UAE or uh, here uh, or in India or other parts yeah. of the world where we have a common goal, which is to help people and uh, we've worked together whether it's putting together resources or just uh you know like fun reels or anything that'll just get our audience uh you know interested and engaged and distract them from the uh din in the world um i really like that you actually emphasize a lot on this approach that it's not almost like it's not a guessing game i think involving your audience in the conversation about what they'd like to see and what's important to them is is a great way to actually be providing that content. Um, so the last question I have on that topic is, how do you actually ask your audience for advice or reach out to them about what it is that they want to see? It's honestly as simple as putting up an Instagram story and with the Q&A option, just saying, hey, uh, we're covering uh, this. Is this something you're interested in? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. What is it that you want us to cover um you know it's also then going through google analytics right like looking at right. hard data what is it that people are gravitating towards and what is it like i would think that okay maybe this is something that they really want but it turns out that our audience wants something completely opposite so you right. have to be fluid and flexible and be able to adapt right like it's good to have a plan and i'm the first one to tell you that i have all these to-do lists and i'm very organized and all of that but i've learned that you need to be able to have that flexibility in your day and to to look and say that okay this isn't working out this is actually what they want let's uh, figure out a way to give them that Mm -hmm. And so Reset often brings attention to important topics related to mental health. And so in communities where mental health is stigmatized or maybe even looked down upon, beginning conversations to normalize these concepts is the first step. So at Reset, how do you encourage your community to keep these conversations going? You have to recognize that with mental health and gender and special needs, because these are deeply personal topics, even a person who has grown up learning uh, some of the misconceptions around these topics and internalizing those, for them to even unlearn or work on themselves to change that mindset is a big step. 
in that yeah. direction. And the fact that they are engaging or that they are able to relate to what we're putting out, I think that's a victory for us. So it's more of changing one person who will then go ahead and change uh, the mindsets of other people, whether it's their family or yeah. friends or teachers, whatever it is. I can give you an example. Uh, last year when the Black Lives Matter movement picked up again in the United yeah. States, everybody was talking about how to talk to your kids about racism. We right. flipped that around and we did how to uh, talk to your parents about racism mm. because we recognize that for a lot of people of color, uh, particularly yeah. young people of color, while they are, they know the intricacies of uh, racism and how that plays out, older people might not necessarily know that. Yeah. So I think it's important to uh, remember that these are topics where you can't change the mindset overnight as much as we would love for that to happen. It's a slow work in progress. Yeah. So the fact that you have young people who are taking that initiative and that step forward to even unlearn, particularly men, right? Yeah. Because toxic masculinity plays out a big way in their lives. Absolutely. And the fact that they're saying like, oh, okay, I shouldn't be, you know, saying, hey guys, in a meeting. You know, or I should uh, should let my some like even something as basic as I should let my colleague finish before I go in and interrupt. Right. You know, those are things as basic as that sounds. Uh, those are things that a lot of men of color are still picking up. Mm -hmm. So for us, we remind ourselves that it's more apart from a larger community level in terms mm -hmm. of the work we're doing. It's also focused on what one person takes away from the platform. Mm hmm. I think often looking back sometimes maybe there's also this um, jump that we might think that we're seeing from education and awareness raising to action and empowerment, but behind the scenes, like you're saying, there's multiple small little steps of um, unlearning and destigmatizing and talking that take place. And it is an ongoing process, I think, exactly like you're saying, it, it doesn't just happen um, after one conversation. Even if you look at therapy, right, there are so many layers involved around that for people of color. The first being trying, like particularly if they live at home or and if they're answerable about their finances or their parents are helping them financially, why do you even need to go to therapy? We're there, you know, have we failed you as parents? You, they have to deal with all the emotional uh, backlash that can sometimes come. The other yeah. thing is also um, being a person of color, you have so many, uh, I'd say, you know, intricacies of uh, family dynamics and culture and uh, other, you know, things that come with being brown and, <laughs> yeah. uh, so when you go to a therapist, we've often talked to people who say we go to a therapist when a therapist doesn't understand why I, when I tell her, no, I can't move out. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. there's also finding that therapist who comes from your cultural background sometimes yeah. or who understands uh, the family dynamics and all the, why you are the way you are. Yeah. I think that can really make a difference and, and it can be, it can be almost transformational when, when you actually do find, um, that sweet spot of somebody who can understand your background and also still guide you, I suppose, through making changes. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's turn our attention to introversion and innovation. Introversion and extroversion are looked at now as a spectrum and they're not supposedly fixed traits. Sometimes introverts might adopt extroverted characteristics um, and then switch back 
So even so, it's commonly assumed that the world of entrepreneurship and change makers is dominated by extroverts. And research studies do show that the majority of CEOs, industry leaders, and founders are self-proclaimed extroverts on the outside. So in reality, however, introverts do possess a number of qualities that make them influential and thoughtful industry leaders. What are your thoughts on this? And as a self-proclaimed introvert, how do you manage your energy whilst leading a team and running Reset? So I'm all for uh, introverts and I'm all hashtag team introverts. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that introverts, uh, well, personally speaking, and the few introverts that I do have in my life, because I tend to attract all extroverted friends, Mm -hmm. um, I would say that introverts are empathetic. We tend to listen better. You know, we tend yeah. to pick up on the energies of people yeah. and we're more mindful of that. That's not to say that extroverts don't, but I do think that um, in terms of EQ, introverts have that knack of um, mm-hmm. being able to uh, sort of relate to people. And uh, this is not some scientific study. This is just based on my own experience. Actually, this is based on my own experience. I do find that as an introvert, I am able to um, relate better to people on sort of the tough topics, I'd say. In terms of managing my energy, I think um, what I've realized now is that I know when to take a step back. And uh, when I'm overwhelmed, I know when to take a step back and uh, you know do something for myself for a few minutes, whether it's just, even if it's doom scrolling through Instagram, it's uh, yeah. something that can distract me or a few minutes of uh, deep breathing or calling a friend up or playing with my dog. I sort of, uh, you know, make time for that during my day. So it's not constantly work, 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 because Mm -hmm. I know that it's just going to add to uh, me getting burnt out even faster if I don't take steps uh, to be able to manage uh, that and my energy. Absolutely. I do think that you need to have a plan going into it, actually, as a self-proclaimed introvert as well. That's what I'm finding out, too. Before you go, we ask all of our guests these questions, and I'd love to hear from you too. What has been your relationship with your mental health, and how has it developed since you've started working on Reset? I've become very aware of my mental health since I've started working on Reset, only because I'm learning every day, mm-hmm. and I'm able to reflect reflect back on my patterns or how I'm feeling and. Uh, relate to like, okay, this is because of this, or this is because I didn't sleep properly, or I haven't been able to sort of have a few moments to myself. So I'm definitely more aware and I'm more cognizant uh, of the fact that I need to take active steps to be able to take care of my well-being, whether that's Mm -hmm. uh, scheduling regular appointments with my therapist, whether Mm -hmm. that's, you know, getting some exercise in or hanging out with friends or even just, you know, binge watching a K-drama on Netflix, anything that uh, I know will contribute to my overall well-being in a positive manner, I make sure I do that. Mm, Amazing. Um, And so what would you say are your top three mental health tips? Find out what works best for you. And even if that it means going to therapy, there is nothing wrong with going to therapy. I just want to reiterate that. But at the same time, I'm aware that it can be a very expensive process. So find 
support groups. There are tons of free support groups in the UAE that you can reach out to and be a part of. Um, the German Neuroscience Center runs some as well, which are great, particularly for teenagers. Mm -hmm. So that's something uh, people can definitely check out. Um, I think the second would be to find and carve some time out in your day where you aren't looking at a screen because I find yeah. that makes a world of difference, even if it's just, you know, sitting out in your balcony or, you know, playing some music and just having a cup of tea or coffee by yourself, anything where you're away from your screens and aren't constantly being bombarded mm -hmm. with information. And I think the third thing would be, and I found this particularly helpful as an entrepreneur, is not to compare your journey with anybody else's and what you see on social media. I think a lot of people tend to fall into that trap, but we have to realize how many times do we talk about our failures online and then see how many times others are talking about their failures online. You're not going to find very many people who are open about all the times they've had uh, a meltdown during the day right. or things have gone right. You know, so I think that's just very important to remember on a human level as well, mm -hmm. to focus on your own journey and uh, to avoid all the noise around you. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't have said it better. A lot of these social media platforms function like highlight reels. And whilst in some ways they are beneficial at other times, it it can be tough to recognize the humanity behind other people who who are on the platform with you. So before you go, where can our audience keep up with Reset's platform, your community, and maybe even just learn more? Our website is ResetYourEveryday.com and our Instagram is at ResetYourEveryday. Incredible. I will make sure to include those in the description. Thank you so much, Akanksha, for your time and for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you, Raisa. It's been absolutely wonderful speaking to you. Thanks for tuning in to the Mind Tales Collective. If there were any questions that stood out to you, don't let these conversations stop here. Share your thoughts with your family and friends or send over a quick message to us on Instagram to share your thoughts with us. And don't forget to hit the follow button. You can find us at Mind Tales Official. We know it's been a tough year. We want to remind you to check in on how you're feeling and ask for help if you need it. Remember, self-care is more than a band-aid. Your mental health is important. Stay tuned for more content next week. Take care and talk to you soon.